This is the Passive Wealth Strategies Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. Today, our guest is Chris Prefontaine from The Smart Real Estate Coach. Chris is going to teach us the important skills that we need to know to bridge the gap, to use his term, between when we invest in educational programs for real estate investing to actually taking action and succeeding on those. He's going to teach us the that through the lens of his own coaching program, which has had a lot of successful students, but they've also learned throughout the way from their unsuccessful students who have not bridged that gap between the education and actually executing and earning a return on their investment. For those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I am a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy multifamily with passive investors. I love talking about real estate investing and everything that I've learned in the time that I've been investing in stocks, bonds, multifamily, self-storage, you name it. I've probably owned a little bit of it at one point or another. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Without any further ado, here we go with Chris Prefontaine. Chris, thank you for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me on. I can't wait to get chatting here. Yeah. So you are a real estate coach. And could you tell us, tell our listeners a little bit more about your background before we get into uh, what we're going to talk about today? Sure. I've had a hodgepodge uh, till going back to, I don't want to date myself here, but 91, I started. I've gone from building single family homes on, on what I call spot lots around infill neighborhoods without using banks or without even having vendors be paid till the end. So kind of terms. I've done, built a realty executives franchise, which was traditional, put the broker hat on and do that. Never had done that and, and, and used to actually dislike you know, that, that section of the market when I was a builder because we always butted heads. And then I sold that to Cobalt Banker in 2000 and uh, started working on coaching around North America. So I had Canada and US going on and then did my own investments from literally from 2000 up until the, the lovely debacle of 08. Uh, that really kicked that teeth in. I did everything wrong prior to it now in hindsight. And, but that caused us to re-engineer the entire business to what it is today, which is never buying with banks, never buying with cash and only buying on terms. So, so I look back and say a great deal when we went through it, but it was horrible going through it. <laughs> so, uh, so you've learned a lot along the way. That's definitely good to know. And I wanted to talk to you today about coaching in real estate and, and from your perspective, what students, uh, your clients can do to really uh, go from being your student to being a successful real estate investor, because anyone that's been around for a little while has probably seen lots of people invest in these programs and some of them can be very expensive. And then so many of those people don't make any of their money back. And, and it's not on the quality of the program. Typically it's on the person. So, you know, let's, let's talk about that. And, and how do you think about that in your coaching business? Okay, so like two things I jotted down when you said that, and then you can tell me which one, you know, where you want to go with it. But the, what came to mind is um, the space between our ears, our headspace. And you're going to say, what the heck's that have to do with what I just said? Because before we talk about the skill sets in real estate and all the different niches, I, I, we see there's no question that the biggest challenge from someone doing a deal in 90 days or literally a year with us, it could take, why? Space between their ears. Uh, they never earn over 50 grand. They have a job. They got to develop to get to be able to earn that money. They have 
limiting beliefs with money, whatever it is. So everyone talks about all these programs and yeah, it looks fluffy, it looks good, it looks snazzy. But if we don't help them with that, a lot of them, not everyone is going to have challenges. I mean, I work on the headspace all the time and you probably do. So students need to know that's an important part of the game here. And when you're new, it's actually, I'm going to teach the skill sets to everyone and we'll get into that as same way at the same pace that they want to take it in and they have dramatic results because of what's up the stairs. And I, and I couldn't echo enough what you said about people spending money, maybe not having results. I, I bet you on a weekly basis, weekly, we have a handful of students call and say, ah, you know, I saw your family. I really like the concept. You, I can trust you guys. But in the buddies, usually I spent X amount on programs and I haven't done a deal yet, which just boggles my mind. So I, I, you and I were talking before the show and I called that the gap. The gap is like the time before, between when you take a course or go to a seminar, whatever it is for you, and then the gap that exists before you do a deal. It's like for some people, it's a black hole and they get frustrated and they quit. Our goal is to get them through that. And once they get through that, they're so strong, right? Because mentally you had to work on a lot of things and skill set and they stick after that. But if not, with, a, with absent a program that does that, it's tough. You know, there's a, there's a lot you said in there and the, the, this all rings true to me, right? Because so from the time that I invested in my first program to the time that I made my first dime in real estate, it was a couple of years and the difference, it, it wasn't like it was a linear uh, curve from taking the course to making the money. It was a, a ramp, a, a upward sloping curve and the point of inflection was when I started working on my mindset and my level of dedication. So it, it really rings true to me. And how do you do that for your students? I mean, so many, so many coaches out there aren't, um, they talk about the mindset, but it's not what they specialize in or they don't necessarily bring it into their program. So how do you incorporate that into your program? Okay, so I know you've had my son-in-law, Zach, on the show. And so he and I, my son, Nick, and then great team, every trimester, we're talking about, okay, amongst ourselves, what are we doing as a group training inside and outside the industry, meaning headspace and in, and in real estate? And then what are we doing individually as what we call specialized training? Zach might go to, uh, example, Bob Proctor. Uh, Nick might go to Mike Dooley. I might come out here. I am at, in Arizona right now at an event. It, so we all have those. And then we say at the, at the end of that time period, and there's no set thing, who, like this person really stood out. They really kicked butt. They really helped us a lot. Let's bring them to our community now. So the difference is with us, we don't bring someone to our community that we didn't already work with, which is pretty intense. Like we, right now we're, we have a coach on board, intense coach on board for the headspace. And so we're bringing her to our next event. Why? Because she helped us a lot and she's helping some of our students a lot. Bingo. Now she's proven herself. So that's, that's what we do. And now I'm not saying they all go, oh, because the family said it, we're going to do it. But many of them do. We've got a really tight family community with our students. And they trust at that point what we do and why we do it. And um, I don't know if that answered your question directly, but that's how we bring someone in and help everybody. So I, I think we could get better at the question. Why don't you, can you explain your program? Because the way you kind of alluded to it, it sounded like there are multiple coaches in your program. And all programs have different setups. So can you explain um, sure. how your program works if you're bringing in multiple coaches? Yeah. And so let me, let me preface it with, it's super important. I'm not so naive to, to, to think that our niche is the niche, right? You and I are in different niches. They're all great. So super important before I say, answer that question about the, the program is that 
everybody understands, pick a niche you like, like get that straight and do that for free. Go on YouTube, play around, find some. And then once you find an issue like, if, if you stumbled upon us and you said, well, I like the family twist, it's a little bit different culture. Okay, if you like that, now you start to go and you gotta put the blinders on for, in my opinion, two or three years. So now for us, it's what? After that free stuff. It's going to be a course, a home study course that's pretty robust, it's online. That's gonna tell you, hey, I can do this on my own, I got it. Like these guys gave me enough A through Z, I can do it, go at my own pace, have fun. Or in that course, it's gonna give you the opportunity to Really, I, I'll call it partnering, but we call it associates around the country for a lot of reasons. But we, we get in the trenches, we lock arms, we do deals with them. So I, just picture this, Taylor, like someone's brand new, all the reluctancies that you and I had when we were new, that they have like a fear of calling and what do I say if I get someone good? All of those things. We, we do live call critiques so we can help them get better each call, literally. We do calls for them at some of the levels. Like literally, you call me and go, I got to leave, but I'm stuck. Like I don't even know what to say. I pick up the phone, I'll call the seller. And as far as multiple coaches, it's myself at some of the higher levels and my son-in-law, Zach. And then we've brought in three certified coaches that have been through everything of our program and done you know, numerous deals. Um, you're talking, our, our deals, I don't know if Zach talked about it, our deals are like average 75 grand a piece with all three paydays we create. So once someone gets through five, six, seven, eight deals, they know what they're doing. You know, so I hope that helped. Did that help you with that question? Yeah, yeah, definitely did. Gave us a, a, a reference for size of deals you're doing and, and how your program works. And for those, uh, everybody that's listening that hasn't heard the episode uh, with Zach Beach, you can go back and listen to that. We talk about so the details of the lease option investing strategy that they actually do in their business. So if you're curious about that, uh, but on the, on the coaching side, I, you, you mentioned you call it bridging the gap between the program and actually executing. And it's, it's great that you have coaches in your program that were former students and have been successful. So that's great. But in, in a general sense, I mean, what have you noticed are like the biggest things that hold people back from actually executing? I mean, you mentioned uh, limiting, limiting beliefs. I mean, is that the biggest one or is it anything like that? Is it not knowing the process? Like, what do you see? Uh yeah, once they're in our system, the process is like hand delivered to them. So to your question, I see people self-doubting the process, despite all the success that they see, like they'll come to our event and go, okay, see, they all did it, but I'm just going to tweak this. My market's different. That's a biggie. It's crazy, but it's a biggie. Um, the, their surroundings, believe it or not, I think you'd agree with that. Like some people just get pounded with whether it's realtors or whether it's family member, and they just constantly add them. That's a tough environment to operate in. So all these, these things sound little, but they might trip someone up for six months. Like it might take that long for them to get out of one of these little challenges. Um, and then just the, like people being able to grow. I told a guy this in Colorado and then I'll tell you where he is now. When he started, I, I loved him. And I said, listen, you're going to have to, his salary is like 50 or 60 grand. And I said, I get it. Your goal is a million, but you're going to have to grow to be the person that, they can make a million and that's not going to be a few months. And I, I almost said his name a few times. I'll, I'll keep it private. And he said, okay, I get it. So now he's a year into this roughly. And he sent me a message on our Slack community the other day. And he said, remember you said that to me, I'll never forget it. I finally understand it. And he's got like three deals going now, but it took him a year. So I'm not going to candy coat it. You know, it took him a year. So uh, everyone's different and they just have to be open to, Hey guys, show me where, where my gaps are, you know? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, we all come from 
different backgrounds and we all have different things holding us back, whether it's the concept of the five people you spend the most time with, or you the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And maybe you spend time with people who have a $40,000 a year mentality and not the million dollar a year mentality, or, or you don't know um, the process. So as far as things uh, holding other students a year's back, is that what it's all limited to is limiting beliefs and people you're around or, or what does it uh, really I, come down to? I really think it does uh, come down to that too. And people are probably going to go, well, that's kind of general. No, I, I think it's all that. And until I get to know someone, they'll, they'll go to me. How quick do you, can I do a deal? I don't know you yet. I don't know your disciplines, your skill sets, et cetera. And that's all part. I call that part of the mental game, like the discipline thing. I used to tell my kids when they were young, if you, if you're disciplined, you can pretty much go out and accomplish anything you want. That's pretty general too. But Discipline is a, is a major issue here. But he, you said something important, the environment, the fight that we hang out with. So we've created, and it wasn't even our idea the way this developed, but we've created a community so that they can tie into it because we don't have all the answers. I don't pretend to. But there's a Slack community that they just 24-7, they're with each other and they're going at it. And the answers that come out of there are, are amazing. And now they all just feel like they're family. They show up at the event and they can't wait to see what they call their family, not us, the, the, the community. Uh, pretty, pretty unique. You could see it. That's my wicked smart shirt, but that wicked smart community is their community. Oh, okay. Okay. I that like helps. That. It's super helpful to have that like, Hey, I'm having a crappy day. And then they call one of the other associates, not necessarily me. And it's just very, very important. So as far as discipline in this sense goes, I mean, it, it makes a lot of intuitive sense that discipline would be important. I mean, Rome wasn't built in the day and it takes a lot of work to accomplish big things. Have you found that the discipline the feature that's important of the discipline is putting in the daily work. Is it setting up a plan is, or is it just following the plan in the, in the program or what does that really mean being disciplined in, you know, this plan? Because if I, if I sit down and, and work all day and at the end of the day I get nothing done, but I was very disciplined in, in working, but I wasn't working in the right direction. You know, it's not doing anything uh, good for me at the end of the day. So what does it really mean in terms of, discipline and a nuts fantastic place. yeah no you spot on i think i was reading on the plane coming here something exactly like that i forget what it was but you you it's like you summarized what i just read today in the plane <laughs> um okay so here here's to your point of okay i can discipline myself to death and not go anywhere uh, it's important for someone to say okay I, I i'm disciplined but in that process a i'm coachable b I'm open to what we call, it's just an acronym. We call it ACA, A-C-A-A. -A -A. Here's what it stands for. So now you're in the trenches like you just said, you're working. ACA stands for, A-C-A-A -A stands for take action. Okay, so you did it. You're in the trenches, discipline. Critique is you stop. And whether that's your weekly report to us or a live call you tape for us, which some people, it's, it's nerve wracking for people to do. But once they do that, they took action. They, they let us critique. Then we make adjustments. That's the next A. And then they take action again. So it's, Action, critique, adjust action constantly. And I say to them, to your exact point of they can just go down that path and be in the wrong path. If you, if you practice ACA, and all our students know that, and it's on YouTube, if they practice that, it's pretty tough to fail because they're coming back to us, right, for the adjustment and the critique. Hey, here's my week. Um, we've got this so dialed in, like you went the whole week, you didn't feel like you got anywhere. I can tell you by your calls or by your appointments or by your conversion where the bottleneck is and that ACA exposes it. And then we work hard on that. So their discipline keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. But there's adjustments along the way. Very, very important. So action, critique, adjustment, and then action. Action again. Yep. 
It's just a so it's uh, not action critique. Oh, I quit. It's too hard. I can't do the call. No, you got to <laughs> keep doing the cycle. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's the you know that that's another important point we haven't talked about is people that maybe get into these programs and they have potentially unrealistic expectations as to well you know this other program said I could be a millionaire in five weeks and I've got twenty thousand in consumer debt. Um, so you know. Show me the money, really. Show me the millions. And then those people probably end up just giving up right away. So how did people, like how do the successful people fight through, especially some of that initial resistance? You know, no matter how hard you work, the results, they still take time to generate. I mean, nobody's going to... Big time. It's not going to be tomorrow. It might be a few weeks or months from now or years. But what's that difference there that really gets people to stick with it and not give up? Okay. Uh, yeah, you hit a big one here. So one of the things we do, I think more than most people I've ever seen, and I've been at this thing for 28 years is managing that expectation. You heard me say earlier in the show, two or three years, I, w I was on a show, I think it was with Mitch Stevens the other day. And he said, okay, I say two. I said, okay, you can say two, but if someone commits to three, like they're commit and they really commit to three and they nail it in a year and a half or two, they're, they're tickle pink. So it, the answer is messaging it up front. And we actually interview people. This is going to sound a little intense, but people have to apply after they go through the course. Anyone can do, go through the course. But if they want to do deals with us, they got to apply. And we've said no in 2019 till to three people, to which some mentors go, what are you, crazy? But we said it doesn't <laughs> fit our values or their expectations were just something that we thought was going to be a headache. And we say on our website, if you need to do a deal tomorrow, like you need water and oxygen, go get a job. Like I'm here for you. You got us on support, but go get a job, go nail that and get yourself so you can pay your bills. Then come see me and you'll have a great experience. Not, I need a deal next month or I can't do this. That doesn't work. So we're very, very blunt. Um, I, I guess that's our New England style. But then when they come in the program, there's a five rule video they get. And I just hit it again really hard because I don't want anyone to get astray or forget the fact that this is going to take time. You said it. It took you a while to go through that yourself. Same oh, yeah. exact thing. Yeah. Interesting. So yeah, I'm curious about how in your own personal experience, I'm sure you're a student of somebody. I know it, I, I'm, I'm reading, I'm maybe reading your mind or reading into it a little bit, but I'm sure you've taken classes and you, and you have in the past. What has your experience been with maybe taking some courses that you didn't get what you expected out of it compared to courses that you take in where you got more than you expected? I mean, and how much of a factor was your own discipline in that or okay, your own mentality. Couple, so, yeah, a couple of things. I think discipline is always the, a big issue with me anyway, me personally, uh, because when I'm dialed into like what we call the power of one daily focus, where we hold ourselves accountable to these little tasks every day and, and then we're dialed into mentors and accountability partners, I think it's critical. I can tell you there were two times in my entire career of 28 years where I had a rotten time. One was the debacle and one was in the 90s. But when I look back, and I just realized this last year, both of those times, the only times I was not linked to a mentor, coach, or mastermind. Both of those times. That's pretty scary. And so to your question about what you get out of the events, like my wife said to me yesterday, are you excited to go to Arizona? I said, I don't like traveling, but I'm going <laughs> to look. I don't like it. Leave the family. I mean, I got two grandkids now with, with Zach. I said, I don't like it. But what I know is this. I know where our mission is. I know the values are. And I know that something will come out of tomorrow. And to your question, it might be one nugget that, so it's not a lot, like meaning 10 things, but it might be one nugget that 
next week or next year or five years from now could be a major issue. I just know that intrinsically. So if you, you go in with that expectation, you'll probably pull a nugget out or you'll pull 30 out that you can use right away. But I, I get both out of seminars and I can attribute a lot of my success to a onesie or a 10 at one event. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. But how, how many have you had or how long did it take you? Uh, how many quote unquote failures did it take you going to these events and then ultimately oh. not getting anything out of them? Or is that just an experience you never had and you were always able to produce out of no i i've left with a lot of times going that was crappy like i was a waste of time but then again i think back and if i try to pull a conversation that happened in the hallway or uh, you know you usually can find something so here's a thought for that or take action on that if you we have our employees this if you go to an event with like three things you want out of it as crappy as that might be you might find at least one of them from someone in the group or the stage or whatever um i don't know if you agree with that but that's how you, you like go in with that expectation you kind of attract it Interesting. Yeah, I do a lot of a lot of the events I go to. I I primarily go for the networking. With networking, to be honest with you, I mean, many of them, um, you know, the stage itself just turns into it's either a lot of fluff or it's it's a lot of pitching. Whereas the time spent in the lobby, networking with the other people that came, can be significantly more productive. Either forming new partnerships or meeting a new potential investor for one of my deals or talking to somebody that's further along than I am that I can maybe learn something from or, or anything like that. Maybe meeting a potential guest for the podcast, something along those lines. But you just, I suppose yeah, you, just, you made me think of one uh, to, to your question. This is going to answer better. Uh, I did an event in the spring of 17. So not too long ago. Right. Um, and it, it doesn't matter who it was because I don't want to say that to them. But at that event, their keynote speaker, I was impressed with. So and we kind of knew each other from years ago, but not really well, just knew of each other. So I reached out to him after the event and fast forward, we've done probably four JV deals. He's been to two of my events and spoke. I've been to three of his and spoke. What a relationship. I walked out of the events in my way that, oh, geez, I hated being away. It wasn't good. And that came out of that. And I would tell you that that's probably attributed to a couple hundred grand, maybe a quarter of a million. Um, so that's what I meant by it sometimes comes later. Like you don't know. You so network like you do and just pull whatever nuggets you can out of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, maybe don't look for the, uh, some kind of instant gratification or necessarily some kind of short term gratification out of the events, but, um, manage expectations, right? <laughs> <laughs> you manage expectations. Interesting. So there's a lot of interest right now, um, especially when it comes to discipline, but, but people right now are very obsessed with, daily routines or your morning routines, things like that, you know, affirmations, whatever. Do you have a, a daily routine? And second question, do you recommend your students have a daily routine maybe to for their discipline or, or what have you? I do and I do. Um, so mine, I, on a given morning, I have to either uh, one or all of these uh, work out and that, that's usually three mornings. And then the other days I walk with my wife, but those are my like more intense and then uh, meditate or yoga. Uh, as I get older, yoga is a good one to intermix instead of cross-training. So the, I gotta do one of those or two of those in the morning. Um, today's an exception. I left my house at 3 a.m. to go on a plane. Very rare, but also now I work out at night. But I just, it gets my head straight for the day, for sure. And then as far as the students, everybody's a little different. Like, yes, I recommend it, but I, you know, this is on the personal side of things again. And, and if they're coachable, I try to hold them accountable. I just hung up with a client on Zoom and he was in a tougher spot mentally. And I said, look, stop. 
I'm not going to go over real estate. I'm not going to, I want you to do these two things tomorrow. And I want you to text me. He said, thank you. I appreciate that. Like, I'm not going to give him to do's in real estate. He needs to get some stuff done tomorrow to get his head back on track discipline wise. And that's where I focus. I, if that, if that helps answer that. Yeah, no, it definitely does. I think it's, uh, everybody's got their own thing. You know, there's, uh, the miracle morning. He has a, a program that he, yeah. you know, gives for people, but, um, there are a lot of different options and different things work for different people. So yeah, that's great. And what I, I found, if you do these, and maybe you'll, you'll, you'll agree with this. If you like, just start with one, like you read one of these books or you listen to me or you talk about these disciplines and I just named off three or four things, but I didn't, I didn't do that three years ago. I mean, everybody's different. Like start with one little thing. Here's an example of that. Another one of our hiring students and one of our coaches said, I said, did you journal this week? And he said, uh, cause we have to coach them to coach. Right. He said, yeah, you know, I tried it for like seven days. That's just not me. I said, well, what'd you do? He said, I did electronic and I tried to write like for 20. I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's your problem. How about you spend one minute every day writing one win down? Now, seven days, this is recent. Seven days later, that's one of his wins. He said, this is great. It takes me two minutes. I get one little grateful thing I did or a win and I'm done. That's what I mean by starting slow. I think that's a very, a very wise approach in really anything. I mean, if you're, just to go back to your example of running, I mean, if you're somebody who has no experience running and you want to run a 5K, Nobody's going to tell you or no real serious trainer is going to tell you, all right, we'll go run half of a 5k your first day. No, 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 right. no. They're going to tell you to maybe go walk a half a mile first. And you're just yeah, going to do small, that three days a week. Small steps. I used to call it my daughter when she was seven. I brought her to um, learn how to horseback. This is Zach's wife. Um, and she would go over these little fence posts, right? Like, dude, that's where she would walk over the horse. And then several years later, she's jumping five and a half feet and giving us heart failure. Well, she didn't start with that. She would have crashed, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Chris, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show, are you ready? Uh, ready as I'm going to be. All right, great. First one, what is the best investment you ever made? Uh, time in my relationship with my family, for sure. How so? In the, in the sense of uh, like getting away from the business and, and spending time with the family or something uh, else? Yes, but more detailed. Like you see a lot, a lot, a lot of people getting divorced and or having crappy relationships with their kids. That takes work, just like you and I just talked about with the business. It's no different. It's the same things all over again, but it's personal. And that, that takes that. You're going to have ups and downs and you got to stay with it. And all the same philosophies. And, and I've been married 30, gosh. 33 years. So that, that's, that doesn't come wow. like, it's not easy, you know, <laughs> not easy, not automatic. So, right. Great. I like that one. On the other side of that, what is the worst investment you've ever made? Um, every property I bought from 2005 to 2008 and not because the market was going to crash, but because I bought it incorrectly by signing personally, wrong, wrong worst thing I could have ever done. Signing personally, like uh, financing with a bank and putting your name down on the note? Guaranteeing the note. Yep. Interesting. You'll, you'll, never, you'll never see me do that again, including the office building we just bought. We bought our owner financing. So you buy, a basic, in your business right now, you buy everything on owner financing and you're not putting your own name down? Yeah, owner financing or subject to or lease purchase. None of those require my name. It makes me sleep a lot better at night. <laughs> that is good to know. That is good to know. My favorite question here, 
at the end of the show, what is the most important lesson that you've learned in investing? Uh, it's, it goes back to that because that was a major piece of my life in the 08 debacle. Um, that not signing personally, but I'll, I'll, I'll give another piece that so it won't sound boring because I already gave that. Um, uh, mentors. You gotta, How so? Not having, if you're not having mentors, I said earlier, it got me the only two times I got crushed. Uh, you, you, you don't have a board, like a sounding board or, or an accountability partner. You need, you need someone there. Interesting. So is that the, so the, the best, uh, most important lesson that you've learned is the importance of having mentors or is it from a particular lesson from having mentors? Oh, no, the importance of having mentors in general, if you want me to drill down, um, I can tell you to not sway from your niche. Remember I said earlier, whatever niche it is, the shiny object syndrome kills people. And one of the most important lessons I learned was I would chase a lot of things when I was younger. And it just, it's going to kill you. You got to focus. That's why I said three years with blinders on. Don't look left, right, or backwards. That is an important one that I had to learn the hard way, like over time. It wasn't overnight. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I, I, uh, I do affirmations every morning. And, and within those is a, just a sentence about not chasing shiny objects. Because that shiny object syndrome is near and dear to my heart. I totally... I, I totally get it. I'm subject to it and I have to watch out for it. We all, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, let's face it, you go, wow, that's cool. I was reading on the plane today, Buffett, uh, Buffett and Gates both talking on that subject and, and they were paraphrasing them, but they said all the things they say no to is what, is what made them not, you know, they, they got to say no, they get pitched all the time. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's great to hear you uh, say that or, or it's, um, it's good to hear that that so many successful people are on the, the lookout for the same thing. So I feel like I, I'm doing something right sure. at least. So yeah, it's good to know. Well, Chris, thanks for everything today. If people want to get in touch, they want to learn more about you and your business, where can they get in touch with you? Yeah, they can go to smartrealestatecoach.com. Literally the free stuff I talked about, everything's there. Our podcast has every niche because I'm prosperity minded. Like go look at them all. I'm not the only game in town, right? That's smartrealestatecoachpodcast.com. And I don't know if Zach did it, but do you want to give away a book? I mean, shipping too. I can give away one of our books. He might have given one. I can give the other one. Yeah, I think he gave one away. Actually, hang on a second. Yeah. For the folks listening, I just uh, stepped off camera because uh, one of their books is sitting on my coffee That's table. That's what I thought he would have done because he co-authored yeah. that. Okay. So here, the first book, Amazon bestseller, hardcover. It won't be put your credit card in for shipping. No surprises. We will ship it for free. Just say you on the you heard us on the show chatting, uh, Taylor and I, and that is free, s r e c book dot com. Free s as in Sam r e c book dot com, and the book is called Real Estate on Your Terms. Nice. I might have to uh, might have to get that. As you can, you might not be able to see on the webcam, but this book's pretty beaten up because I have uh, really been have it. reading it. You if you didn't get it, you'll get it. It's our system's too slow. If you didn't get it, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. I'll, uh, I'll I'll throw my name in there and get a copy. And there's a lot of uh, great contributors on the the uh, the book that I have, the new rules new rules of real estate investing. Uh, Joe Fairless, my coach, and uh, Quincy Long from Quest IRA or Quest Trust now, and uh, a bunch yeah, of other great people. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an actual copy of a book too, which I definitely appreciate. So, well, Chris, 
thanks for everything today. I definitely appreciate your perspective. And, and I think it's important for people out there that are looking to get into real estate uh, and considering investing in any program. They really need to know how to bridge that gap. And I think you, you brought a lot of value today and that will help people bridge the gap in whatever program they choose to move forward with. I hope I touched some people. Thank you. Thanks for having me. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. That's a very big help. If you know someone that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them to our little tribe we got going on here. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.